to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. If you were with us last week, you heard an update on the boat buying market from Curtis Stokes. Um, and now we mentioned that we would be talking this week about the financing component, because that is obviously a big part of the boat buying process for many of us. And even for some of us who perhaps aren't thinking about financing, there's several reasons right now while, why it's probably something you should consider. So to address that topic, um, we've got Cindy Lewis of Sterling Associates joining us. Cindy has helped hundreds, if not thousands of loopers finance their boats. So she certainly has the expertise on the subject matter. Before we bring Cindy in, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And another business that is an AGLCA sponsor and supports loopers is Sterling Associates. So I'd like to welcome Cindy Lewis, who is going to share some details about financing with us today. Hey, Cindy. Hey Kim, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And, yeah, uh, great to see you. It's nice to nice to back. nice to see you, even if it's virtually, because I miss yeah. seeing seeing everybody and I miss our events. So I'm glad we're able to participate in this format. Uh, me too. And and virtual goes a long way, but it's not quite the same as our events because they're lots of fun. So hopefully we'll get right. back to those. Live and in person soon. Um, yep. Nobody wants that more than me, I can assure you. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but in the meantime, uh, the pandemic has um, is partly responsible for a pretty big flurry of boat buying that has gone on over the past several months because being on a boat is a great way to social distance. Um, and I think it's uh, people are thinking, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So why wait? Let me go ahead and get started on this Great Loop adventure. So. Tell me what that's been like from your perspective. I know super busy, but you know what's the current environment been like for you? Well, it's it's interesting. In March, when we all shut down, all of us took a collective deep breath and said, "Well, we lived through 2008, 9, and 10, and we can do it again." And I think the entire industry was feeling like, "Uh oh, you know what's going to happen?" Well, it was an entirely different 180. Um, people started calling about boats, buying boats. The RV market had the same experience. We had a record year with boat loans last year. And every broker and dealer that I deal with are saying the same thing. Inventory is slim. I'm seeing new boats. Uh, I, I finance all kinds of boats, but a lot of these uh, center consoles and fishing boats, small family cruisers, uh, dealers can't get enough inventory. I talk, talked to a dealer last week and he said, we ordered 120 20 from the factory, they allocated 75 and I've sold 52 and it's the, the middle of January. So factories are building boats that are sold to retail, uh, used boats barely hit the market and they're gone. And it's great, it's um, a little stressful because people call and wanna buy a boat and they sort of think it's you know instant point and click and like buying a car. And it's more like buying a house with the process involved. So, um, you know, we're happy that it's been pandemic boat buying. We're, we're still very busy and um, people are financing and we're seeing more people financing and leaving their money in the bank and they can always pay the loan off because a couple of things, cash is king and it's always good to have a cushion because you never know what's gonna happen in life. 
And the other thing is, is rates are low and the, the stock market's been having good returns. So people are saying, I don't want to take money out of the market. I'm going to borrow and, and you know, I'll pay the boat loan off in a few years. And we encourage that. So um, use other people's money. You still can get some interest deductions. And it's, it's, um, it's a good time to borrow money and you know, good time to buy a boat. I don't think that we'll see this pandemic settle down till the end of the summer. And it's still people want to travel, they want to be with their friends, they want to be with their families and boating. And, and again, RV is the same thing. I just closed a loan for a big RV dealership manager. We compared notes. It was like parallel things, you know, no inventory. Factories are having supply chain problems. Uh, people are walking in and just saying, I'll take it without even asking the price. So, you know, it's just, it's just a little hard to wrap your head around, but it's, it's a good problem to have. So. Yeah, and it is hard to wrap your head around because when, and, and Curtis and I talked about this, when the pandemic started, this, nobody expected what we're seeing now. Everybody expected it to quiet down, um, you know, but in addition to it being the right way to social distance, even as we kind of hopefully move towards uh the upswing of this pandemic, um, it's still very unclear when people will feel safe traveling, you know, some of those dream trips that people right. have for retirement, for international travel, um, which I think is another reason that loop boats in particular are also com- going to coming to market and being sold very quickly. Um, and as you mentioned, interest rates are really kind of at a record low right now. I know from talking to you before that the, the boat loan rates don't always, you know, kind of follow the patterns of the prime rate, but what are interest rates doing right now for for loans for yachts? Right. Well, um, what's interesting is when the pandemic hit, the banks kind of flipped and they thought, "Uh oh, we don't want to be exposing ourselves to a lot of lot of risk." And a couple banks raised their rates. Uh, they just didn't want the business and they needed to figure out what was going to happen. Ironically, if somebody was in a problem of where they might have had to sell their boat or or you know figure that out quickly, all they had to do is put it for sale sign on it, it was sold. So the, that, that part of the banking didn't happen. So their rates, they came, they came down. Rates haven't moved much in the last year. Uh, if a boat loan is over 100,000, we're in the low to mid 4%. If it's under 100,000, we're in the, the mid to four, high 4%. Uh, banks are, the other things, banks are requiring a little bit more down and sometimes instead of 10 to 15% down, most are 15 to 20%, some are flat 20% because they want an equity stake in the boat. So uh, we don't follow prime rate because the cost of funds that the banks get from the Federal Reserve is higher on a recreational loan. And people say, well, I thought rates should be two and a half percent. That's what home mortgages are. Well, we're not home mortgages, we're recreational mortgages and there's more risk and more exposure. So uh, the, the, the rates are still at historic lows but they're not as low as some people think they are because they're following home mortgage rates. Um, and again, these are recreational loans. Banks need to be profitable. And the average length of a boat loan is about 39 months. So it's you know a little between three and four years. So they don't book these loans for 15 to 30 years like a mortgage loan is. So they need to be profitable. And, and uh, again, still a good time to borrow money. And uh, somebody, I saw a little video saying, uh, you know, their, their financial person said, if you're, if you're earning 6%, borrow your money at 4 to 5%, you're still better off. Mm-hmm. And I tell people too, you know, if you're just, whether you're borrowing for the loop or, or not, you can always pay the loan off. But a lot of people think they're going to write the check. And I say, borrow the money and factor the, that monthly payment into the cost of doing your trip. And 
keep your money in the bank, keep it earning and keep it available for an emergency. And you've heard me say it many times, you know, there's three times to sell a boat when you want to, need to, or have to. And we want you to want to sell the boat at a fair price. We don't want you to have to fire sail it because of something, uh, you know, bad hips, bad knees, elderly parents, health issues. And if it takes a few months to sell the boat, it's just a few payments rather than having several hundred thousand dollars tied up at the dock with something you can't use and money you might need. So it's something to consider. Yeah, I'm always surprised when you share that average length of a boat loan is between three and four years. Um, and that hasn't changed substantially, has it? No, no, it might be a little bit longer because people are holding onto their boats a little longer, but generally people pay them off faster than you think. And uh, I just had a customer reach out to me. He bought a, a big, beautiful boat a few years ago. It was over a million dollar loan. And he said, oh, we, we did the Great Loop and we had a great time and uh, cruised a little bit, but we sold the boat and now we're buying a motorhome. So people shift. And he said, we're building, actually building a, a, a house here in Florida that he was from uh, California. Mm -hmm. He said, we're building a house in Florida and uh, we're gonna buy a motorhome and travel the country and, and do that for a while. So people change their, their plans and, uh, you know, or, or when I say they change their plans, so they move up. Those statistics are often based on somebody buying a 26 footer and then up to a 32 footer and then a 40 footer. And, you know, so they're moving up every few years. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where those statistics really, you know, came from, but still three to four years is the average length of a boat loan. Yeah. So um, we've been hearing a lot of chatter from people looking at older boats that are having concerns about getting insurance because of the age of the boat. We know a couple of the big insurance writers have decided to stop doing that for older boats. And we are going to cover that on Great Loop Radio within the next few weeks. Um, but from the lending perspective, what are the requirements on the age of the boat and any other bank requirements that people can expect to find out there? Sure. Um, generally, the big national lenders like the BB&Ts and SunTrusts and that, that, you know, the big national banks, they will only go back to 2001 or newer or 20 years old. Uh, some of these banks will also, if the boat's between 15 and 20 years old, they'll shorten the terms. So if the boat's uh, 18 years old, they might require more down and only give you 12 to 15 year terms. So, you know, we try to get everybody the, the, but lowest rates and longer terms, but some of these banks, you know, have different directions if the boat's between 15 and 20 years old. Uh, if it's over 20 years old, uh, it's, it's a challenge. Um, we have lenders, we're owned by a bank that will go back to the early and mid 1980s. And there's a lot of nice older boats, you know, in that time range. And I do have multiple credit unions that will also do that, but the credit unions are uh, limited footprint. So sometimes if someone calls me from the Midwest and I, I can't get them financed, I say, check with your local bank or credit unions. And, you know, you may find somebody that, that will work, work with you on that. So I, I, the other thing is, you know, buy the boat you want, but buy as new a boat as you can, because you have to look at your exit strategy, that if you keep the boat for four or five years and it's over 30 years old or you know, if it's between 20 and 30 years old, I can still get it done. Other lenders probably can get them done too. But if they get over 30 years old, you're going to have a tough time finding a bank that mm -hmm. will finance them. So again, buy what you want, but buy as new as you can afford. Gotcha. So um, Cindy, you talked a little bit about, you know, leaving your cash um, invested and having it work for you and taking a boat loan, but there's some other tax benefits as well to taking a boat loan. So fill us in on those. Well, you can still take a second home interest deduction under IRS section 163. 
So you can write off some of the interest at the end of the year, which is a good thing. The other thing people sometimes don't look at, they say, well, I'm just gonna pull it out of my retirement accounts. And sometimes you can get penalized on that. If you're over 59 and a half, you can take money from your retirement account without penalty, but you can only take so much. And you, if you've planned well and you have significant retirement accounts, uh, you could get some pretty healthy penalties by taking out too much. I had a customer uh, who, who bought a, uh, a nice boat. He called me, he said, I need a loan. He says, I thought I was gonna pay cash. And he was not 59 and a half. He said, but if I started taking out of my investments, my financial guy tells me I'm gonna have a huge penalty and my boat's gonna cost me $200,000 more than I'm paying for it. And he structured me so that I can pay the boat off over a four year period of time, not be penalized. And I take the interest deduction as well. So he says, for me, I never thought I would, would finance a boat, but when I looked at the overall picture, it made sense to finance a boat. So you have tax benefits and you can have tax consequences if you're, uh, if you're not aware of some of the uh, you know, financial penalties you might pay by pulling out too much. So it's worth, worth checking it out with your financial planner. I'm not a financial planner, but I tell people to take a look at, at that option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Let's take a quick break and play a message from a sponsor. And we'll come back and um, we'll talk a little bit more about um, you know, how a buyer can be prepared to apply for financing. So we'll be absolutely. back. Absolutely. Okay, thanks. Yep. Welcome to Beneteau by Invitation. This new concept was born from a very simple idea. Offer your family an opportunity to meet ours in a fun, exclusive, and safe environment that mirrors the way our boats feel. Jump aboard our latest models, go for a private sea trial, and let us talk together about our common passion for the sea. There's a Beneteau by Invitation event coming soon to a harbor near you, so come experience what everyone is talking about. Contact your local dealer, get your boarding pass, and we will see you on the water. Welcome to Beneteau by Invitation. This new concept was born from a very simple idea. Offer your family an opportunity to meet ours in a fun, exclusive, and safe environment that mirrors the way our boats feel. Jump aboard our latest models, go for a private sea trial, and let us talk together about our common passion for the sea. There's a Beneteau by Invitation event coming soon to a harbor near you. So come experience what everyone is talking about. Contact your local dealer, get your boarding pass, and we'll see you on the water. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Cindy Lewis with Sterling Associates, and we are talking about financing your Great Loop boat. Um, Cindy, tell us a little bit about uh, what qualifications are going to have a bank look favorably upon a borrower. Um, we've got a lot of newer members who are kind of early in this process. So what mm -hmm. do they kind of need to get their ducks in a row, so to speak, to be ready to apply for that financing? Okay. So the first thing I always say is don't, don't quit or retire from your job until you have your boat loan approved because the banks are going to look at where you are now and two previous years tax returns. So the hardest loan for me to get is when somebody comes to me and says, I retired last month and now it's time for a boat and I need a loan. And we can't really use a, a recent pay stub. We can't really use two years tax returns because everything will be different. So if you can plan ahead to get the boat before you retire, what you do after you have the boat, you don't have to tell anybody. But if you're recently retired, it's tough. So plan ahead and uh, get the boat and then do what you want. 
um, as far as what the banks require, it's 15 to 20% down, but they they're definitely want to see a cushion in reserve after the down payment. So they'll look at your monthly obligations, mortgage, car payments, boat payment, and they're going to need at least 12 to 18 months in non-retirement liquidity after the down payment, unless you're over 59 and a half. Now, a lot of people don't need much. Everything's pretty much paid for and they load up their, their IRAs. However, you might want to take a look at what you're doing and just keep that money in savings and checking account until you get the boat loan approval, then move it into your retirement accounts or other investment accounts. Um, I have had people take retirement account money and put it into savings and checking accounts so they can check that box. You can take money out of your IRA for 60 days with no penalty and put it back in. So sometimes people will have to move some money around. So you just need to plan ahead to know what the, what the bank wants. Um, you know, most people, it, most people don't have much debt when they're getting into a situation of taking time to, to do the book, do the loop or buy a boat and do extended cruising. So it's, um, it, it's not that difficult to kind of be prepared. They don't, pe most people don't have multiple mortgages or student loans or car payments or things like that when they get to this point. However, um, some people are buying boats and knowing that they're going to buy this boat and not do the loop for four or five years. Just keep in mind that the, you know, keep your debt, debt ratio down. Uh, you're, just so you know, the debt to income ratio with the boat payment needs to be no more than 40% of your gross income. So again, boat payment, cars, student loans, et cetera. But again, if for the looper group, I don't see as many people that are, are carrying lots of revolving debt and it's mostly paid off or paid down. So, mm -hmm. but again, it's important to know that right now they like that cash cushion in non-retirement accounts after the down payment, they need 12 to 18 months uh, okay. in savings. Okay, and are there, um, how, I believe you've said before that there is such a thing as getting pre-approved for a right. loan, how does that work? Okay, so a pre-approval is basically the same as an approval. So we, we can, get you approved for a boat that you're looking at or that you would want to uh, purchase something that would work for you. And we need a credit application, basic financial information, tax returns, pay stubs, things like that. And we can get you a, an approval with stipulations, which would be purchase agreement, survey, uh, Coast Guard documentation, insurance. So it's an approval, but it's with stipulations. You're not obligated to that boat. You're not obligated to anything. But I tell people, if you're looking at three or four different types of boats, pick something on the higher end of your price range. We can use that boat on the application. You're not obligated to it. Um, unlike a home mortgage where you say, I'd like to get a beach condo and I need to borrow 150,000, you get approved for a mortgage and then you go property hunting. We need a boat on the application and we can always switch boats. And the reason they do that is that if they got you approved for 150,000 and you came back with a 1945 wooden Chris Craft, they'd say, no, we're not gonna finance that boat. So they, they have their limitations and, and you, know, you know what you're looking at. So you wanna get approved for that boat or a similar boat or a like kind boat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes people have a very specific model that they want, so they'll use that and they'll wait until one comes on the market and they're ready to go. So we can always change collateral, but pre-approval is a good way to go just for your own peace of mind. But in this market that's so fast moving, if finance involved, brokers tend to not want to take the time to show boats unless somebody has a pre-approval. So getting a pre-approval assures a broker that you're serious as well as it, um, it, 
it allows you to basically be a cash buyer. So it's, it's, again, it's, it's a two-way thing. It's good for you. It's good for the broker. It's good for the seller. And then I say, if you find a boat that you want and you're going to switch collateral or, or, you know, you need to let them know finance is involved. These contracts are subject to survey, sea trial and bank approval of survey. So the, if you use bank approval of survey, instead of the word financing, it gives the, the seller and uh, the reason to know that you're approved, but the bank has to sign off on the survey. And the bank always has to sign off on the survey and you're not going to buy a bad boat or a broken boat anyway. So if there's a lot of issues with the boat, you're going to say, no, thank you before the bank says, no, no, don't really like this boat. And every now and then the banks will come back and say, you know, what are you going to do with the repairs? What about this? What about that? You know, we don't really like this boat. So tell me what's going to happen before we say, okay. And the banks do read the surveys. I read all the surveys. So it's, uh, it's again, having a pre-approval is, is good. And you're going to do the same thing. Even if you were going to buy cash, you're going to have a survey and you're going to want to make sure the boat's okay. So right. a lot of these boats are very well maintained and have had a lot of upgrades, but every now and then we see something that comes along that's just not, not in very good condition. If one, one looper wannabe, he's, he's taken five boats to survey in the last year and a half. Wow. And the boats don't show any signs of problems until they get into the survey. And he said, the last boat I looked at I started digging around and the seller was getting annoyed. And he said, no, I've taken too many boats to survey. I need to know what I'm, I, I'm looking at things that I know what I should be looking for. And, and the seller got a little fussy with him. And he said, I just didn't feel comfortable taking it to survey because I just felt like that one was going to have the same problems as the others did. So, you know, I, again, surveys are important and the banks sign off on the surveys and uh, it's all part of the, part of the equation. Um, again, as far as insurance, the banks do require insurance with a 2% deductible. And we are finding some customers having a challenge. I'm telling some customers that are talking about older boats, I'm happy to help you. I can get, get you a loan on this boat, but here's my insurance list and call some of these guys and find out what's what they're going to need. Um, ironically, I have a, a commercial airline pilot who's now flying a private jet for a corporation so he can fly the big planes and he can't get insurance on a 40 foot sailboat because he doesn't have a lot of experience. So they're going to want experience, you know, want resumes. The banks sometimes want resumes, but again, it's um, the insurance is a, a key thing. And I, I know I, I talked to, to Ken this morning and he said you were going to do, uh, do a, an interview with him next yeah. week or week or two. So uh, yeah. he, he keeps me informed on a weekly basis of what's going on. So, yeah. And, and Ken Cindy is referring to is, is Ken Marks with Marks Marine Insurance. And uh, yes, we are working on getting him scheduled to talk a little bit about the insurance market because it, that really is becoming one of the bigger obstacles uh, at this point for loopers um, or soon to be loopers for getting that boat is the insurance component uh, because of lots right. of different market dynamics that are causing those insurance companies to really require um, much more than they previously did. So we'll cover right. that hopefully next week, if not the following week. Um, as soon as we can get Ken scheduled, I know he was uh, taking some time in the, the cold weather, I think. Yeah, that's um, not normal for Ken. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was surprising. I guess everything changes with COVID. So instead of you right. know, spring in Florida, he was up there um, in New York, I believe. But yeah, we'll, we'll get him on real soon. Um, yeah. Right up at, at the start, when we were talking about interest rates, you kind of mentioned for a loan of $100,000, some interest rates. Um, is there any difference in the process for perhaps a, a, a lower dollar amount loan? You know, if somebody's looking at a $60,000 boat, but still would like to secure some financing, is there a different way it, they go about that? 
It's the same process, you know, credit application financials, but rates and terms are determined by how much you borrow. So if it's under $100,000, they'll go 15 year terms. And if it's over $100,000 after the down payment, they'll go 20 year terms. So I often say sometimes more boat can be less payment. So a $60,000 boat, that, that's a little different, but if you were looking at a boat that was say 80, 90,000 mm -hmm. and you put your down payment down and you finance the, the balance for you know, 70 to $80,000 for 15 years, that payment is likely more than a $100,000 payment. So I always tell people more boat can equal less payment if you're looking at keeping your monthly factors down. And that gives you the, the option of getting maybe a newer boat, a little bit bigger boat. So if you, you know, you're not really putting more money down uh, relatively, it's, yes, you're putting more money down, but relatively uh, on the overall picture, you know, buying maybe a little newer boat, uh, a little more expensive boat is overall a better thing to do and try to keep that loan to $100,000 or above. Yeah, th that's a great point. It really does make sense to run some numbers. Uh, you also mentioned that one of the hardest things for you to find financing for someone is if they've already retired. Any right. other pitfalls that uh, soon-to-be loopers should be looking out for when they're, you know, getting ready to start down that road? Um, yeah, just make sure, again, that you're not carrying real high credit card balances, um, you know, that, the, that those are relative, relatively low. Uh, everybody uses credit cards, but, um, you know, some people tend to still carry high balances and then the banks don't like that. And again, keep that cushion in reserve. Um, don't quit your job before you get to vote. So if anybody out there has any questions, you can always reach out to me and I'm happy to talk you through it. I've got an appointment on Saturday uh, with folks from Seattle that are gonna buy, buy a loop boat and they want to know the process and plan ahead. And, you know, they're in, they're in the process of getting their debt reduced and things like that. So, you know, again, it's, it's pretty much common sense stuff, you know, keep your debts low, keep, keep your debt ratio low. Um, don't have a lot of revolving debt and uh, don't, don't have your retirement party until you're approved for the boat or, or they've handed you the keys and then you can tell everybody what you're doing. So. All right. Cindy Lewis with Sterling Associates. Cindy, thank you for sharing the details with us today and thank you for your long-term sponsorship of AGLCA. Great. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I, I hope to see everybody in person soon and and uh, I'm glad we can do this kind of uh, interview and video just to pivot and get ourselves out there a little bit. I agree. Hope to see you uh, in actual real life <laughs> very yeah. soon. Um, and to our listeners and viewers, thank you for joining us once again on Great Loop Radio. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, safe cruising. Thank you.